0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to stay ahead of your competition, a lot of your success rises or falls based on your current marketing plan. Get ready for the Mojo Marketing Edge Radio Show. Today, hosts Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez will open up your awareness of the many different ways to market your business and reap major results. Now, here is the team
1: behind Mojo Video Marketing, Ira and Corey. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Corey Michael Sanchez here, also with our co-host, Mr. Ira Rosen. How are you doing today, Ira? I'm doing great. I just got back in
2: town from... uh, uh, actually, I was out in Utah. I was at the uh, uh, some festival. It's called the Sundance Music Festival, and they were not having the festival then, but that's where it was oh, usually no. held, but it was <laughs> fabulous up in the mountains. And I know you were out in New York and uh, out there uh, clubbing it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, well, there's so much to do in New York City, I remember. Just kind of roaming around and, and doing some people watching. But New York City is a great town. There's a lot of great energy there and uh, and a lot of great people. I actually, I, I was trying to, um, I flew into New York City. I didn't even tell you this, Ira. Um, but you'll find this uh, funny, is that I was flying into New York City, and I got rerouted a couple of times, and weather in Chicago was bad, I had to land in St. Louis, then finally flew into Chicago so I could catch a plane to New York, and the plane to New York was, they were trying to, I missed my plane, so they were trying to throw me at a plane that wouldn't get me in until like 1 a.m., and so I was, I was trying to get a plane ahead of time, and so Anyway, I get to the hotel, because of all the things that happened with all the plane swapping and all that, uh-huh. my, my luggage wasn't actually due to come in for another, you know, until the morning. Uh, because they just couldn 't get it to me in time, wow. so essentially i 'm in new york city i 'm only wearing the clothes that I have on i 'm wearing flip flops you know everybody in Arizona wears flip flops and i 'm wearing flip flops and jeans and and uh, at shirt and i got to go out to dinner with uh, the guys where uh, I go out there for a mastermind about once a quarter. Ira usually joins me this weekend he had a, a wedding. And I have, you know, they want us to go to this club afterward. And the only way you could, you, you need shoes to get into the club. They won't let you wear sandals. So, so I'm, look, I'm, uh, I'm looking around and I see the security guard and I say, so what kind of, those are nice shoes, bro. I was like, what, <laughs> what size are those? And he's like, you're not getting my shoes. So, <laughs> so most people were like, damn. And and uh, just hang their head down low and, you know, go back to their hotel and just deal with it for a night or go travel across the New York. You probably find one store that had shoes, like, you know, if you spend an hour doing it. But I was determined to get some shoes that night right then and there. So everybody that walked out of that club, I asked them if I could get, <laughs> I asked them what size their shoes were. Finally, I had one guy that said, this place is awesome. He's like, you need to go in. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll, get, I'll let you borrow my shoes. So I've got a picture of this. I'll have to, I will have to get it from, from a friend who's like documenting him trading off my shoes. And uh, he's like, just give me your ID. So I give him my ID. And so that way he's got my ID. So I'll get my shoes the next day. We'll trade shoes again. And so that night I got into the club because I was not afraid to ask everybody that came out of that, uh, that that club for some shoes, you know. Wow. I probably asked about twenty people, and most people would have just like, you know, I'd given up after a while. But I was really determined to do that. And uh, you know, it's funny we're talking about this because we're actually going to talk about uh, a, a very important topic, which is how to sell, right? So I had to sell, you know, somebody on giving me their shoes. Well, she was going to do that, you know. It's just weird, and uh, but it happened. And so we're going to talk today about one of the most important skills that you could ever really get, which is is sales, and I know you have a similar shoe story. I were going back a, a number <laughs> of ways because I know you've got a, a lot of uh, you know a, a experience because you've owned car dealerships, and you always say that you meet everybody. Everybody. So, you know, everybody comes out from from their. You know, <laughs> I'll let you tell yeah. the story, but <laughs> well, they all slither out from under
2: wherever they're coming from. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you
1: know, I mean, everybody. I, I got one question. So,
2: did you meet up with the guy the next day and give him the shoes back? Yeah. So, the how next, did you
1: do that? So the next day, um, you know, I got his phone number, and so I just he texted me the next morning. He's like, "Hey, man, hope you had a great time." He's like, "You know, you can come by this office and and give and we'll trade out the shoes." And so, uh, so all day I didn't have time to make it out there, but later I was like, "Hey." are still at your office? He was. So I went down there and uh was in the middle of a rush hour in New York, which to go like five miles, it took me like, uh, you know, 40 minutes. But uh, I got down there and I we traded off shoes and, you know, I actually invited him out for a drink. He couldn't, but, uh, you know, it was, it was great, man. Well, <laughs> what's cool about that is you got in the club. Uh, number two, you know, you got a great
2: story. Number three, he's got a great story. Yeah. And you'll tell that story 10, 20 years from now because I love that. And, you know, my. I've got a shoe story as well that years ago when I had my one of my dealerships, a guy came out um, numerous times. It was in the middle of the winter in Minneapolis and snow on the ground. And this guy was looking at an Audi and nobody wanted to wait on him because he'd been out so many times nobody could close him. And finally... Um, I uh, said, well, "Who's this guy here?" He said, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's the guy that comes out all the time." So nobody wanted to wait on him. So I went out there and make a long story short. After about 20 minutes, I said, "You better leave some money because someone's going to buy this car." And you know, the short, short version of the of the story is, I got him to leave his Cole Haan shoes as a down payment, <laughs> and uh, he went home. Then in the snowstorm, and got got a check, brought it back, and then we held the car for the next day till he went to the bank and got the money. But when my when my team saw me do that, uh, I did it really more for them than anybody, just to prove to them, you know, it's amazing what we can do when we put our mind to it. And, you know, come and when we're coming from a place of fear, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to do that. So you always want to come from a place of, you know, anything is possible. And, you know, it's like I always say, Sell like a seven-year-old, and people say, "Well, what you know? What does that mean?" Well, no one—the best salespeople in the world are little kids. You know, you go to a Toys R Us. Just go in there just to watch, and you'll watch a mother that's got maybe a basket full of all these toys, and at the when you get near the checkout. You know, maybe this mother's already spent two or three hundred dollars that she probably doesn't even have to spend to begin with, and this little kid has already zoomed in on one more toy and he you know, he won't stop carrying on until he gets that toy. And guess what usually happens? That kid gets that extra toy, I call it the upsell. You know, so <laughs> so you always want to sell like a seven year old and no means maybe and maybe means yes, and you always and we're gonna get into this a little later on, you always wanna get seven no's. And you know, Corey, you got twenty knows. That's and I love that. That's great because it's all about hanging in there. And who is the most convicted? And the, he who is the most convicted, the most motivated, the most convinced—almost like you're an evangelist—is the person that always, always wins. And so, so Corey, we're going to talk about a bunch of things today, and I'll turn it back over to you.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like uh, Karl Marx once said, uh, you know, teach a man to fish. You know, he says, catch a man a fish and you can sell it to him, but. Teach teach a man to fish and you can, you know, ruin a wonderful business opportunity. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to talk about how to actually teach people, um, you know, how to sell and how to close. And Ira's been doing this for a long time. I mean, you know, Ira, you've been you've been in business for, I mean, what is it, 45 years on up now? Yeah, a long time. Yeah. For, <laughs>
2: let's just say over four decades. And selling is... The it, it's the most powerful, highest-paid profession on the planet. And if growing up in your your parents might have taught you that you know selling is evil, selling is bad. You know you all salespeople are slimy, and you know if you have this negative idea about salespeople, that's bad, bad information. That's a bad mindset, and you've got to strip it away and start all over because. Like it or not, everyone sells because sometimes someone will say, oh, well, I don't do that. I don't sell. Well, if you're on this planet Earth, you're selling. I mean, if you're a mother and you've got a five-year-old and the five-year-old wants to go to bed at 11 o'clock at night and eat candy bars for dinner and you're selling him on why. He's got to, you know, get to bed at eight o'clock and eat a normal dinner. You just became a salesperson. You know, the guy that meets the great looking lady and then convinces her to be his you know, to be his wife That's a hell of a salesman. You know, the woman that, you know, winds up marrying this guy who's, you know, who's, you know, amazing and has a a great job and a great future. And she attracted that kind of person. But in order to really get that person to be drawn to them. She has to sell, sell herself, sell her ideas, sell, you know, what she has to give that person. So everybody is selling. It's, it's the oldest profession in the world and we're all selling because when you stop selling, that's when everything stops because nothing happens every day till someone sells something to somebody.
1: Yeah, so, you know, so let's dive into it because what we're going to talk about is really exciting. And how do you sell more? How do you sell faster? How do you get more money for what you're selling? And at the end of the day, that's all we're looking to do. And yeah, Iris right. You're always selling. And so how can we, how can we do it at the maximum level possible? So that's what we're going to go over today because it's just that important. And that's why we're kicking off this very special program. All about sales. All about how you can do it in a shorter amount of time. So, uh, so let's go over um, some great questions, Ira. What you know? What are some topics you want to first kick off when it comes to sales?
2: Well, I think um, what's really important is when you get when you finally get in front of that you know of that prospect. You know, you want to do a pre-qualification uh, series of questions because. If you're listening, and it's really important to do reflective listening, so when they, you know, you want to respond back, whether it's, you know, a nod of the head or a short, oh, I see, or give them some kind of verbal cue. But ask them a number of great questions, and if you're listening, they're telling you exactly how to sell them. They're telling you exactly how to close them, but you've got to ask great questions. So, Corey, you know, what are some of the questions that we ask when we're working with our clients, you know, particularly up front in the very beginning when we do sort of a needs analysis?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, know, you want to ask, you know, what are their goals? I mean, what are you looking to do? Right? And like we have different ones for us. Um, we do B2B, so we're doing business-to-business consultative selling. And by the way, there's lots of different types of selling. There's consultative, there's transactional, right? Consultative is where you actually sit down with somebody and figure out what they need, do the needs analysis, figure out what they're looking for. You know, there's transactional analysis, which is really, you know, here's what it is, let's, you know, let's buy it. You know, a lot of times that leads to a shopping cart purchase or something like that. You know, that's, uh, there's all kinds of different selling. There's selling on webinars. Webinars is really basically an online seminar, and you listen to this online seminar, and and you purchase something at the very end of it. They're selling from stage. You might speak in front of a whole bunch of people, and you sell a product, and people go to their, you know, after the the speech is done or the presentation, they go to the back of the room and they buy something. So there's lots of different ways to sell, and what we're going to focus on in this topic today is all about consultative selling and actually speaking to your prospect in order to sell them right because let's just say you're looking to buy you know a, a hamper right you can go to target to buy a hamper let's just say you're 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 looking to buy a custom t-shirt you can go online and order a custom t-shirt right those are transactional sales and you could do that without necessarily talking to somebody right even if you're buying something bigger ticket such as like a you know a spa like i, I want to buy a hot tub i mean people have been known to sell. I was just talking to somebody over the weekend and he sells hot tubs online and that's that can be a transactional, you know, that can be a, you know a transactional kind of deal, where, uh, you know, they just know what they want. They do a lot of research. They find what it is. They say, hey, you've got the best price, or you got the best warranty, or the gar- best guarantee. Blah blah blah. You got free shipping. I'm going to buy it through you versus somebody else, uh, or versus the other people that I've done the research on. So. Uh, so that's another thing. So consultative selling is just meeting with your prospect, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, you know, face-to-face, belly-to-belly, and or just on the phone, too. By the way, you can do consultative sales over the phone. Oftentimes, the close ratios are much, much, much higher if they're in person, right, where you can look at somebody face-to-face. But you can definitely do consultative uh, selling over the phone as well. Okay? And so that's what I wanted to highlight first. We're talking today about consultative selling and how can you do that better. One question that I would ask is what are your goals? You know, what's the best case scenario for you? What is it you really want to do? What do you want to accomplish here? Those are good starter goals because it gives you a lot of data. What are the questions, Ira?
2: You know, what's the one thing that keeps you up uh, in the middle of the night? You know, what... You know, what is that one thing that's really stopping you? What's your biggest challenge in your business right now? And so what you want to do is when you're asking these questions is you want to really, you want to find their pain. You want to find their problem because that's the number one motivation for people is um, avoidance of pain. You know, you got pain and pleasure, the two main dominant motives for people, but the pain is the one. And a lot of times... People don't like to go there because it, you know, it creates a little bit of friction, and they sort of just jump over that. And but that's the most important part. So if someone says, you know, I, you know, I, am just really, uh, I'm really stressed out right now. I, I've, my wife is stressed out. My whole family is just, we're, we're just kind of living month to month, and we're just really not feeling great about the future, and. And then I'm, we'll say, well, where would you like to be in the next six months? She says, well, what I really want to do is get caught up on all my bills and just have some peace of mind Then my wife can, you know, quit her full-time job and then we can go on that family vacation, you know, on that cruise at the end of the year. Well, wow, you got a whole bunch of things that you can build a story around later on at the very end. So when he says, I've got to think about it, Uh, And, uh, you know, you could easily, we're getting into the close a little bit, but I'm going to just tie this all together and say, well, geez, I'm a little confused because you said you've been, you always want to find how long has you been thinking about this. You've been thinking about going on that cruise for the last two years with your family and you've been thinking about having your wife you know quit her full-time job for the last 2 years and this stress thing has been really eating away at you for 5 years so really what are you going to know between now and tomorrow morning that you don't know right now then from there you do what I call a recap where you go back all the all the benefits of the product and then you kind of build it to a crescendo and then take him into the future they call it future pacing where he can actually see and feel the benefits of this product. So I just gave you something there that we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but that's how you tie the pain into the objection and where they're going, because you've got to trigger emotion. If you do not have emotion, you're never going to sell whole, you know, really much to anybody, because if you're just giving them information, people can get information anywhere. So what they're doing is they're buying you, and they get your products and services for free. Wouldn't you agree, Corey?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, they are absolutely going to know if they can trust you. And they're really going to find that out in the first couple of minutes that they're talking to you, right? And so you really want to be on your best, you know, you want to be—you put your best face forward at all points during the sales process and be really interested in them. So one of the bigger things about this is, you know, it's called selling with emotion, right? And you have to not only believe, you have to believe that they can do it. You have to be really interested in that product. If you're not, people can really tell. I mean, people can tell if you're you're just doing it to get the money, doing it for the commission, right? And you don't really care about them. So you don't want to do that. You want to actually be totally involved in what they're trying to accomplish and really have their you know their best interests at heart in order to really close that deal. Don't you think, Ira? Absolutely. And
2: really what you have to do is Get excited about working with them and get ex- get excited about their product or service and get excited about their vision because most people don't have others really get, their relatives don't get excited about their product or service, I can assure you. And when they go to family reunions or they're hanging out with their their friends, most people don't get that kind of feedback. So if you sit down with them, you ask the right questions, and then you go, wow, this is, this is amazing. You can do this, this, and this. And, you know, find out how you can compliment them because, you know, if they've been, uh, one of the things I love to say is, so how long have you been doing this for? So if someone's been doing this for, say, a long time, say 10 or 15 years, I'll say something like, uh, well, let me ask you a question. Are, are you getting the hang of it? And no matter how uptight they are, you'll always get a laugh out of everybody. So you want to inject a little bit of humor into all of this because if you're loose and you go in there and relaxed and you're not coming from a place of scarcity where you have to make a close and you have what what my daughter calls commission breath, where they come in there and like you're just totally selling from desperation. Like, you know, and that's why if you only got one or two people to talk to in a week, That's probably going to happen. If you have a full calendar to talk to people all day long, every day, you're much more relaxed. You're much more confident.
1: But those are some of the things. All right. We're going to take a short break. And we come back, we're going to give you some really killer advice On How to close deals When should you close the deal And what can you say What are some things that you can say To really get them excited And purchase right then and there So we'll be right back And talk about that very same topic
0: Streaming live The leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com Are you a single parent trying to create the balance between home life and work life? You may be running a successful business, but how are your relationships with your family and children? If you're one of the thousands of people trying to juggle it all, tune in to Straight Up with Chris. Real talk on business and parenthood. Hosted by Chris Efesiu, Chris is the portrait of the success story, coming to the U.S. with no language skills, founding and growing several businesses, while raising his daughter from age 7 to adulthood as a single dad. Listen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. The Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. To the Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com.
1: Now, back to this week's show. Okay, we're back. We're talking about selling. Selling strategy, how do you close more deal and make more revenue? There's no other skill that you could have that would lead to more success in your life than knowing exactly how to sell and close deals. So let's, let's kind of talk about the formula of a great sales meeting. Now, like we said, there's, uh, the best way to sell is actually face-to-face. You could sell over the phone, but it's not quite as personal. But, you know, you've got you to know this. If you're doing international sales or national sales, I mean, you're going to have to do phone calls. You can't hop on a plane and fly out and see everybody that you're going to close. So, let's talk about just one-on meetings right now, and then we'll go talk about phone meetings and phone strategy. So, there's a certain formula for having an in-office meeting, right? And first of all, you want to have a great environment, right? You can't, have, you can't be too warm in your environment. So if you've got an office, don't keep it too warm, right? If you're trying to save money, you know, an air conditioning bill. We live in Arizona, so that's a little bit of a deal, right? But, you, you know, you can't, you can't save money when you're, about, when you're trying to make money and just make it too warm. Somebody falls asleep, they don't pay a cl- you know, cl- close attention mm-hmm. to your presentation, yeah, you know, I remember we were in a presentation one time that, you know and, and there were some other people talking and this guy literally fell asleep at in the meeting. <laughs> you remember that <laughs> yeah it's a,
2: and then um, yeah we' it, it's, it's funny because you've got to have you got to have a setting
1: you've got to have a work environment that's conducive um, yeah so so you've got to do that I mean, so not too hot not, not too cold it's actually better to be cold because at least they'll stay awake. Uh, But you don't want to freeze them out right and also you got to have it a great environment where there's not too much noise where they can focus on what you're talking about I mean if you're like if you don't have an office and you want to do it at like a Starbucks I mean just think sometimes it gets very loud there right Paradise Bakery those are places where, yeah, great, you know, free Wi-Fi. You can have meetings there, stay there all day, whatever, whatever. But sometimes it gets really loud. And, and what you want is people focused directly on you and what you're saying and not really everything that's going, around, uh, going on around. Him. Ira and I, before we had an office... You know, besides, before we decided to invest in office, we actually made a, a particular restaurant in, in Arizona, in the middle of Scottsdale, our our go to place for sales meetings, right, Ira? Absolutely. It was called Olive and Ivy, and a great restaurant, very upscale,
2: and it was right along the canal. And so uh, we had this, we, we scoped out this one table, so we we're there from nine to five every day, and every hour on the hour, we'd have different people come in. And they'd come up and they'd, you know, a lot of times this one gal got there and she was early and she says, yes, is... Uh, this was at about a quarter to nine on a Monday morning she says yes is mr. Rosen or is is Ira here and she and the and the hostess says oh uh, Mr. Rosen doesn't get in until nine o'clock and yeah. this is a waitstaff <laughs> and so we're tipping everybody like crazy and after a while people thought we owned the restaurant it was very funny but they'd come in and then they'd sit down and then the waitress would come over and get them some iced tea and and this and that but it was very very high end rather than being in a Starbucks where you're just you're just in there with like a bunch of cattle um, you know selling and it's just it's just not conducive if you're going to sell a high end product you want to be in a high end place and you know uh, perception is reality you want to dress appropriately you want to look professional uh you know if you're going to be asking for a lot of money you want to you want to be well groomed you want to you want to look like you exude success not like um uh, you know the opposite of that so that's really important but you know there's there's five different steps in a sale it's the attention you've got to have their attention that's why when you're right setting uh, they've you know you got to, you can't be distracted by a lot of different things around you if it's really noisy or one of the worst things in the world is when you go to someone's office And they keep getting interrupted by phone calls or people coming in. And I've had that happen before. And I just, I rarely will meet someone at their office unless we have a clear understanding. It's all about expectations that I'm going to have his divided attention for an hour without being interrupted. I always get them to agree to that. Next is interest. They got to be interested in what you have to talk about, obviously. Otherwise, you know, why waste their time? Why waste your time? Uh, And then, of course, you know, your product, attention, interest, conviction, you know, they've got to believe what you, you know, what you have to offer is important. Uh, desire, you're going to build a desire, you're going to build the case, you're going to get them emotionally involved and Then the close. But that's a very, very, that's a 50,000 foot view of the anatomy of a, of a sale. But the, the pre-qualification questions up front is, are really important. So you have, that's your foundation to build the sales
1: presentation on. Yeah, exactly. And what you want to do uh, before that is really spend, uh, you know, a few moments just, you know, getting rapport going. And that's huge because, you know, you're, you've got a really huge opportunity to get, get the, to get to really know that person and have them feeling like you absolutely care. And so in the beginning, when we're getting in meetings, we just, you know, we just kind of do some banter. You know, just, you know, how, how are you doing? How's your weekend? You know, do you have any plans for this coming up weekend? You know, where are you from originally? You know, just little things like that. And when you go over that with a prospect, you know, you, you essentially form a, a bit of a relationship. And, you know, I'll tell you what, people have... It's a lot easier for people to buy from people they trust, people they think are friendly, than people they don't like at all, right? It's almost impossible to get somebody to buy from somebody they don't like unless they have zero choice in the matter. But the nature of the game is people do have choices when it comes to their buying decisions, and they'd rather do it with people they care about and that care about them. So you want to be, you know, pretty specific about building rapport, and a lot of people just want to fly right into the sale. All right, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to bottom line. Or, you know, what is it? What What do we got to do here? You know, you don't you think, Ira? It's It's really important to do that at the very beginning. Absolutely. And I had a I had a lunch
2: uh, w- last week. He's a the gentleman is a he's he's just about a billionaire, and he was in Arizona, and I sat down with him and about four other people and we we got we had about a four hour mastermind and uh, this guy is actually from the Middle East and he said one of their customs in the Middle East and a lot of places around the world is they'll sit and ha- break bread and maybe you know have a glass of wine or whatever for maybe, three or four hours before they even begin to talk about business because it's that important. They want to really know who they're doing business with. They want to really know who that person is. I know over in Russia, I've heard this story from lots of different sources where they'll actually, they'll drink, You know, this Russian vodka, and a lot of times they won't drink what you think they're drinking, and they want to get you intoxicated because they want to find out the real you. So there's all kinds of interesting cultures around the world that are all centered around one thing, really building that relationship, building that rapport. Because good selling is nothing more than building that relationship so that that person is compelled and is magnetically drawn to you. They know, they like, and they trust you. If you do not have trust, nothing's going to happen. But, you know, Corey, you're right. A lot of people just dive right into it, and it's, it's kind of like you walk up to a gal at a bar and say, hey, you want to get married. Uh, you know that's it, and if she said yes, you you should be very concerned. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but you got to build that relationship, and as you're going through that sales process, find out. You know, Dale Carnegie years ago used to say, find out what your prospect wants, why he wants it, and then show them how he's going to be able to get it by working with you. And you know, their number one reason why they would want to buy from you is called their dominant buying motive. And when you find out their dominant buying motive, you know what what is really that one thing that's their trigger. When you when you dial in on that and everything is focused around that, it's going to be much easier to sell them. It's going to be much easier to close them. And really, good closing and good selling is nothing more than asking a series of great questions because, you know, you want them to get them to say yes. In the very beginning, it's just you want to get a series of yes, 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 yes. And just, you know, as you're walking through the whole process, always get asked questions. They could say yes. Something very simple is, I mean, can you see the value of this in, you know, working with this in your company? Can you see how this would exponentially explode your revenue? Can you see how your team would love, love, love to have this in their toolbox, can you see the value of this and how what would take you three years will take you six months to 12 months? So you're taking them into the future, you're getting them excited, you're excited, and it's contagious. Enthusiasm is, but you gotta ask the right questions, Corey, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, you you absolutely do, because that leads into the next part, which is really, you know, once you identify the problem, which you should be able to do by asking the right questions, so once you identify the problem that they have, you identify how you can solve that, right? What are the methods that you have in your arsenal to be able to help that person? How can you help them in the biggest way possible? And by doing that, by creating those solutions and coming up with it, that's, that's what happens next. And once you identify the solution that they could have, you really need to back it up. Why should, that, why should they buy that from you? Why, why you versus anybody else out there on the market? What if you're more expensive? Why should they buy your stuff even if they know that you're more expensive? So that's really the next piece of this, which is creating the solution that's Custom tailored for that client, that will absolutely work. Wouldn't you say, Ira? Absolutely. And so it, it does
2: have to be customized. And so it's not like you're just trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And that's why, you know, that a needs analysis is very, very important because as you're, as you're walking through the sales presentation, it's really important that you're pulling it all together and you're talking with him. Uh, You're in tune with his body language. You know, you're checking your body language. If he's got his arms folded, that means you've got your work cut out for you because that means he's closed off to you and that he's in what I call critical parent. And he's really, he's kind of closed his mind and and already saying no. If his arms are open and he's leaning forward and he's got a little bit of a a slight smile on his face, Uh, he's coming your way. If you got him laughing, he's really coming your way. But here's what happens. People mirror and match your emotions. They mirror and match your body language. So always be checking your body language because if you're real relaxed and you're having fun with this whole interaction, they're going to mirror you. If you're uptight, you're going to have an uptight prospect. And so you got to be real careful of those kinds of things. Now, as far as your product... You know it's all about credibility it's all about social proof, and that's where testimonials come in. You cannot do a success- in my in my world you cannot do a successful presentation without examples of other people that have you've had third party validation in other words, testimonials Corey, why are those so important?
1: well you know what what they do is it places. Uh, the prospect that you're talking to it places them in the in the mindset of being successful with what you have. It's making them relate. It's making them really understand what you do, but also persuasively entice them to take a step forward and see you know and see why or how they would actually enjoy what you what you have to offer. You know, it's social proof. It's I mean, it, people at the end of the day are more critical than they used to be, and they want to know that it works. That it provides that you provide, that you get it done, that you pay attention to close details, and that you're all about delivering to the client. You know, they don't want to buy something only to figure out that it's a dud or it doesn't work or anything like that. And these days and age, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's not something that would be in your best interest at all. You want to, you want to always show them the proof that your stuff is working, that people love you, why they love you, how they love you. And so it's really oftentimes the best if you can get that social proof. It's really the the most powerful if you get it in forms of a video, right? You can also do written ones where people write it out. And maybe you have their picture plus a written one. Maybe you have an audio, something like that. Those are all great ways to have a testimonial. The ones that work the best are the video ones because people can look at that person's face, look at their their voice uh, pattern, you know, inflection, you know, listen to them. How are they doing it? What are they sounding like? You know, are they for real? Can I believe these people? Can I trust it? So this is the, I think testimonials are one of the best ways to overcome any objections. And that's what we're trying to do is overcome these objections that you prospect might have in their brain. And by having really kick-butt testimonials, you're able to do that and actually show them you know, that maybe somebody thought X, Y, and Z or was very skeptical about this. But in the end, they decided to go for it, to take a, you know, take a chance and do it. And it turned out great for them. And here's why. So that, and that's a scenario in which you're just overcoming some objections, which we'll talk about in just a second, but what else did you have on that, Ira? Well, one of the things is, keep in mind, write this down, we
2: think in terms of pictures in our mind and with stories, and you've always got to be painting some kind of a word picture and telling a story. People love stories. They love stories about how the product will work, about how this how this client that had a similar situation and what their obstacles were, and then what the outcome was. People love that because here's the thing: nowadays, people of everybody has had many situations over the years. If you've been in business, you've we've all had situations where you bought something and it just didn't work out. If you're at a seminar and you bought that thing and you didn't use it, it wind up on the shelf. We could with dust on it. We call it shelf help. So. People are, what's happened is a lot of people are stuck in the past of that last purchase they made that was just a disaster. So you got to get them out of the past and you got to get them into the present. And that's not always easy to do. The quickest way to do that is to build, you've got to build the trust. You've got to really warm them up. And then you got to bring them into the, bring them right now into the present. And then building that up with emotion, then you take them into the future seeing and feeling and experiencing what it's like to have that product working for them, you know, in their home, in their business, whatever it might be, because you just took them from the past to the present, and then into the future using it, and then you build that You know, picture in your mind, 100 degrees is a is a thermometer, and 100 degrees is a sale. I mean, how many times have you left that left their office or got off that call? Maybe you had them at 95 degrees or 98 degrees, or maybe you only had them at 75 degrees, and you really missed the mark. You know, it's that last little bit of emotion that takes it over the top. It's like 212 degrees is the temperature of boiling water that produces steam that will power a city. But at 211 degrees, you have hot water. So how many times have you been knocking on the door, you're like one degree away from a sale, And then maybe it took you three months to get in front of that person, and as you're driving away, you're saying, Oh, God, I, I was so close but so far. And so that's happened to everybody. So that's why we're talking about all these things today so that you know th- those things don't happen to you because that's the worst emotion there is is regret is that I should have said that and I should have said this and I should have spent more time being prepared and I should have invested more time in myself. And really it's a craft selling. You've got to work at it. All the time, not just, you know, not just every, every, you know, every six months or once a year. Some people, they just show up and, you know, it's, I call it spaghetti against the wall. But, you know, wouldn't you agree, Corey, that, you know, preparation and understanding and learning all the time on how to apply all these things takes effort and takes time.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, when I first got started in, in business, I, mean, I didn't know anything about selling. I was actually training to be a scientist. And if you know anything about science, I mean, they don't train you to, to, to sell in science school, right? They don't, treat you, you don't You don't get none of that. So I was starting from complete scratch, and I actually used to be extremely shy, and I learned sales from the ground up. But I did it because I knew that in order to survive, I had to do it you there's no way you can get it and have a business without learning how to sell, without being well-versed at it, without being able to close deals. And so I knew that was a challenge for me early on. And so I, I got out there in order to figure out how to do it the best way possible. That's actually part of the reason that Ira and I ended up working together is because he's so knowledgeable when it comes to sales, and he's just super sharp when it comes to it. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about How do you close at a higher level and overcome objections and get that order? So we're going to talk about that when we come back in just a moment.
0: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Listen for MD Radio on the Voice America Variety Channel. That's Muscular Development Radio. Every Monday, your host, Sean Ray, will take you inside the world of bodybuilding and health and fitness. The show will feature Hall of Fame bodybuilders, trainers, judges, and the future champions of tomorrow. Plus, you'll be invited to participate in our call-in Ask the Pros feature. And our nutritional spotlight will feature products that can help you achieve your fitness goals. MD Radio is broadcast live Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. V.A. presspass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com.
1: Now, back to this week's show. Okay, today we are talking about sales. One of the most important things that you can have in your business, one of the most important skills that you could learn when it comes to your company... And it makes a big difference. You might say, oh, I'm the founder. I don't have to do that. Well, are you joking? I mean, you, you, you really need to be able to sell in order to get your your clients and, and all of that and also in order to to get new people that are that are going to start working in your organization. You know, if somebody wants a, a certain salary and you don't have the bandwidth to give that to them, you're going to have to sell them on why he should re- come on board and why he should accept a lower wage or why he shouldn't accept the benefit package because... You know, you have to sell them on that. You have to sell your employees on, you know, why to do what they need to do in order to perform at the highest level in their job, right? Just like you have to sell your prospects on why they should come on board and be your client, you also have to do that all kinds of different ways from, you know, selling and negotiating with, with your vendors, people that, uh, you know, serve you, uh, and, and that goes a long way. So you can save a ton of money if you're really good at sales from vendors and from, you know, purchases. And you can make so much more money if you're really, really kick butt at selling. Okay, so now we're going to go into a little bit more about how do you overcome that objection? How do you close them on that, on that one-on-one meeting right then and there? And this is huge. So first, let's talk about objections. Ira, what are they and how can people work with those? Okay, objections. I mean, we could spend a whole day on that alone.
2: Uh, I mean, common objections are, I got to think about it. You know, and, and, and we'll stop there for a second. The reason it's hard for some people to make decisions is they have fear of failure or they're locked in, the, in their past where they, they've had all these, uh, all these other negative things take place. So people, you know, they don't want to make decisions only because they're just afraid that something's going to go wrong. So they decide not to decide because there's only three decisions they can make. It's yes, it's it's no and then of course i you know i'm going to decide not to decide but you know number 1 is i got to think about it number 2 is you know the money and so when when you get a money objection what you have failed to do is show that the value superseded the investment and when people say how much does this cost i always correct them and say no this is not a cost this is an investment and you know you want to build a case where it's going to cost you Way more, and it's going to be much more expensive not to do anything because you still then have this problem. And here's what's going to happen by not solving that problem: you're not going to be able to take your kids on that cruise that you promised. Your wife's still going to be working that long, long day job, and all these other things. You're going to be in financial ruin, whatever. And so you want to paint that picture. So you've got you got money. You got I don't have the time. I got to think about it. I got to talk to my partner. I got to shop around. And so those are usually the basic ones. You know, I don't know who you are. When they say that, I don't know if it's going to work. They're telling you, you, need, you didn't do a very good job of convincing me. You didn't do a very good job of giving me third-party validation. So no matter what the objection is, they're just a mirror of your presentation of where you missed the beat or where you should have put more emphasis.
1: Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, you really got to build up that trust. I mean, if you're getting those objections, you know, you you, you got to lay them out in the line. You got to take care of them because as long as somebody has an objection, it's not likely that they're going to purchase from you. Uh, it is likely that they might go on the Internet and look up some similar programs and see if they can purchase those, Right. And a lot of times people, if they don't understand the value of what you're providing, then it, it's unlikely that, the, that they'll want to purchase yours. They could easily go on the internet and find something, and if they think yours and theirs is comparable, but theirs is a couple dollars cheaper, guess what? Loyalty factor goes down. They're just going to buy it because you know, they have no understanding of what you're going to do for them on, in addition to what you, you know, to what they're going to get over there. So it's important that you separate yourself from your competition. That way they, don't, they understand that they're not going to find what you have somewhere else. And if they do find something like that, that is it's not even going to be nearly the same. And that yours is better in every way, shape, and form. So that's a really important thing.
2: Another thing is a confused mind will never buy. So if you confuse somebody, I can promise you they're never going to buy from you. And if they're if they're either in fear or they're confused, you can sell a product that legitimately sells for thousand dollars and drop the price down to forty nine bucks. They will not buy because they're, if they're confused, they're not going to know what they're buying. And if they're fearful, it'll never happen. So you know you've got to you've got to you. What you need to do is you need to isolate the objection. And a real simple question to ask is, you know, if someone says, well, you know, I really got to think about it. I'm not quite sure. I got to talk to my partner. He just gave me three different objections. I would just, I would just agree with them. I'd say, you know, I understand what you, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And then And make them, and so they're going to, now they're realizing you're empathizing with them, and now, you know, they take, like, a deep breath, like, oh, I'm off the hook, he's going to stop selling me, and you sort of relax, and they relax, and say, okay, well, you know, hey, it was really great, you know, meeting with you, and I, I love your company, I love what you're doing, I love this, I love that. You know, you know, Frank and by the way, the sweetest sound to anyone's ears is their own name. You know, Frank you know, before we go, what what is really the one thing that's really holding you back right now? And then you could do a recap. A recap is all the products, you know, all the services that you're you're gonna give them and the benefits and their situation. You say, Well, you know, you said that you know, if you're selling an automobile, you wanted a red car. I got your red car. You wanted under 50,000. Here it is. You wanted under $20,000. $20,000 for your investment. We did that. You wanted the special tires. We got that. You wanted the automatic rather than the stick shift. We found that for you. You wanted the sunroof. You wanted the special package and on and on and on. So you're building a case like an attorney that is fighting to keep someone from going to the electric chair and so you're building that case and then then from there then you want to have a transference of emotion from yourself to them if you can transfer that enthusiasm and emotion and they can believe that you believe that this is a great situation for them this will absolutely solve their problem and you take them you just go in for the close and you just you just ask for the order you know you know frank i think this is i think the time is now i think it's the right thing to do once you agree you know is there any one thing that would hold you back right now from taking that next step and so maybe he'll well you know i got to do this. so you just kind of you take each objection one at a time one of the things that i lo- one of the things that uh, two, two things that people really love is scarcity you know the takeaway you know we only have and you you got to do this correctly in advance. It's just you know we're only accepting five people into this program because of the bandwidth it requires for us to administer this. That's very powerful. The other and nobody likes to miss the boat. And the and the other one is takeaway. You know I'm not sure if this is really you know this is not for everybody. I'm not sure if this is if we're a match. I'm not sure if this is really you know it, it you know it, it, And I'm here to determine whether you know you're evaluating whether. You know, I'm right for you, but at the same time, I'm evaluating whether you're right for us. And so now you're kind of flipping it around on them, Corey. What happens when you do that to people?
1: (laughs) Well, it's uh, it's they start instead of instead of you selling them on why they should be part of something, they start selling you on why they should be part of it, and that's that's huge. And so I like what you just talked about, scarcity, the takeaway. And also the other thing is perceived deal. People like deals, right? We just take a look at a Groupon. The big reason why that's so damn popular is because everybody's getting a deal on there. You might have this package. It's usually 50 bucks and now it's 25 bucks, you know, and all you got to do is buy it now. That is a perceived deal. So, Think about how you can do that. You know, you add up the bonuses. Give your, give your prospects some bonuses. Not only are you going to get this X, Y, and Z package, but I'm also going to throw an X, Y, and Z, or A, B, and C on top of that. So you're going to get both, and we're not even going to charge you for A and B and C. It's just part of the package deal. Or, you know, you're going to get $15,000 worth of stuff, and what we're going to charge you is two payments of $2,500. Right? And so, wow, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm getting essentially a $10,000 discount on that. People want deals. They want to feel like they 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 were the ones that made out like a bandit, right? And if you do that effectively, you'll get them really excited about the deal they got. You even get people get get them even talking about, hey, you're not gonna believe what I just did, you know? Guess what I I, <laughs> I managed to make happen, wouldn't you say, Ira? Yeah, I mean, if you if
2: you're really skillful, you want them to feel like they really got the upper hand, and they you know they they got they got you so to speak. And keep in mind this. People love, love, love to buy, and, but they don't want to be sold. But they love to buy. And the easiest people in the world to sell to are other salespeople because you can take them to that emotional place very easily. And they have a lot of empathy and they know what you're doing. And you know, they, And if you're really good, you know, they'll respect the fact that you're that good and they're going to want to buy from you just because they really admire how good you are. And so uh, I met someone once and they said that they have um, some of their friends uh, uh, told them that they had what's called the, the ABC uh, five foot rule. And I said, what's that? She said, well, I'm always closing anybody that's within five feet of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's anybody and everybody. But, you know, those days are really kind of gone As far, well, you know, as far as prospecting. That's one thing. But, you know, nowadays it's a different game. It's a different world. And the relationship, you know, re- and we call it relationship selling, where you're building that relationship and you're really fostering that with that person. And so what you want to do is you want to be able to sell to that person, then also get them to stay with you over a long period of time, then nurture that so they're going to send you friends, family, and whatever. But the closing is where it all happens. You could spend months to get to that sales presentation, but all the money is made in the
1: last five minutes. Wouldn't you agree, Corey? Yeah. I mean, you got to ask for the order. And this is something that people <laughs> do a lot is they forget to ask for the, the, for the close. I mean, they, you know, there's a couple of ways to do that. I mean, we do consultative selling where we're you know, actually working with the client one-on-one over the course of many, many months. And you know, we have a method where we say, okay, so what, when's the best time for you to schedule our first onboarding? Right? It doesn't seem like a sales question. What we're doing is closing them because we're getting them to commit to the program, getting them to commit to that first onboarding. And we're not asking for the money right then. We are asking for them to be involved and for them to say and commit themselves to this program. So once we do that, that's when we ask, who's like, okay, great, what, now what credit card would you like to put this program on, right? You have a Visa, you have a What is it, Discover? You got Amex? And then boom, they're like, okay, yeah, it's... Um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, I'm going to use this visa. I'm going to use my business visa. and Okay, great. What's, uh, so what are the, um, I'm ready when you are. What's the digits on that? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's a great way to kind of just wrap, wrap up that close. But it is so important to get to that piece of it, because otherwise you're not you're not going to rake in the money that you would want. And uh, we're going to wrap this one up. But Ira, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, that's called
2: a trial close. What you know, Corey, what you're just talking about. So there's a lot of different ways you can, and we'll we'll talk about that more in another in another uh, call. But the, the one last thing is, you really really want to be able to just build that relationship and build that trust. And you've got to it's all about locking it down because it's now or never and you gotta have that mindset. There's no tomorrow, there's no be back bus. And it's get the seven no's before you cave in. Most people get that first no and they run for the door. And that's I call that chicken selling. You never want to do a chicken selling because if you do, then all of a sudden you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you all of a sudden you go bak That's never a good thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up. If you have any questions, comments, or want more information on how you can do this better, reach out to us at Mojo headquarters. Our phone number is 480-339-4300. That's 480-339-4300. You can also reach us at friends at mojovideomarketing.com or connect at mojovideomarketing.com. One last thing, Ira. I know you wanted to speak to. Yeah, real quickly. If you have a subject
2: you'd like us to address for a future show, please email us, and we would love to put that on the docket. We have a series of different subjects we're going to be covering, but you know this show is all about you, so let us know what you'd love to
1: what love to have us talk about. So we'd love your feedback. Thank you. All right. Well, we are wrapped up. We will see you next time and talk more about sales, more about closing, and and perhaps we'll even have some very special guests talking about more best practices. So have a great week, and we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in to The Mojo Marketing Edge with Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.